0: Hello and welcome to episode 240, 248, wow, is that right? Let me look. Hello and welcome to episode 248 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, number 4 diabetescom or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more. Well, this doesn't happen very often, but I'm giving you an episode on the day it was recorded. It's not with like a company. It's like It's not like newsworthy, time-sensitive stuff. This episode is with Deborah, and Deborah has a daughter with type 1 diabetes, a son who has autism, and a father who has Alzheimer's. When Deborah wrote me to tell me about her positive attitude, I thought, I want to find out more about that. And then she came on today and... Like this is perfect. You know, we've been talking about management for a while and hearing people's diabetes stories. Let's hear something upbeat, something that's still helpful about living with type 1, but at the same time, maybe not so management-centric. Let's call this episode like, you know, that sorbet you get before dinner to cleanse your palate. And then we'll jump right back into more diabetes pro tips with Jenny and people's stories that are, you know, a little more diabetes-centric. Not that this isn't, but this conversation just, I don't know. It was really kind of beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Felt like I was in uh, therapy, but my therapist was a friend. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and always consult a physician before becoming bold with insulin or making any changes to your healthcare plan.
1: I'm actually at Rutgers right now.
0: Are you really? What are you doing there?
1: I dropped Juliet off at the. um, It's through Camp Najetta. It's like a, it's like a day camp yeah. for, uh, for diabetes for type one. And I actually went to, um, I went to, you know, I, I, graduated from, so I always get very nostalgic being here, but she's at the camp right now. So I'm just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out Look today around this. Yeah. Like just kind of walk through the old, old classes and, you know, I mean, after we talk, I'm going to go to my favorite, uh, Thai place, um, Highland park.
0: That's excellent. And, uh, Good for yeah, you. I'm
1: right Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, don't be sorry. My my son has uh, played baseball at uh, Rutgers a number of times. So I'm familiar with the area uh, right there.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm at, yeah. I mean, Rutgers, I, I don't know. I, I love it here. I, my husband went here too. We both went here and I'm right in front of, I'm on Douglas campus right now, but um, I don't know if you're familiar. It's uh, like by Douglas. Um, oh, it's, it's so pretty here, but it just brings back a lot of a lot of
0: memories i'm glad <laughs> my niece is uh yeah. my niece is an incoming junior i think at Rockers.
1: oh at so, ruckers yep oh I, I think it's such a great like even when like it's i i loved loved it i loved i loved school here cool i hated high i hated high school loved school <laughs> but loved loved college like every you know everyone was different and and it was liberating
0: when is the last time you went to Dancingfordiabetes.com or check them out on Instagram or Facebook. If you haven't done it in a while, I think now's the time unless you're driving and then wait, I mean, finish the podcast. Cause it's going to get really cool and like in depth. And I mean, you're just going to love Deborah by the time this is over and her stories about her father and kids. It's, it's all incredibly heartwarming. But then have your heart rewarmed later today, dancingfordiabetes.com, or on their Facebook page or their Instagram account. That's all I got for you.
1: My name is Deborah and I have a little girl with type one, and I'm really grateful to be on this this podcast.
0: Oh, thank you. Your email caught my attention because it was just it was, it, it was like, my father has this, my daughter has this, my son. I was like, wow. Like, And yeah. then, and then at the end you were like, and I have a really good, like, you know, overall outlook. And I was like, well, that, that I want to hear about. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your, your daughter's diagnosis. How old was she? How long ago was it?
1: Well, so she, she was just diagnosed a year ago. So Juliet was diagnosed a year ago. Um, had she- we were actually in Princeton and I took the kids to see the wizard of Oz and she got up four times to, to pee. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually got a little annoyed with her. I thought she was just like bored. And I, I, to this day, I feel terrible, but I, I actually like Juliet, I know you're bored, but you know, your brother and I are, are watching this and she's like, no, I really have to go. And, um, and, and she really was going. So then I thought, you know, maybe she's got a bladder infection, you know? So I, I said, um, does it, does it hurt? And she's like, no, not at all. And so that was like the first, my first um, moment of awareness. And then over the next couple of weeks, you know, she she was just drinking a lot and peeing a lot. And um, I, so I took her, I took her to the, to the doctor uh, for what I thought was just maybe a urinary tract infection, Mm -hmm. but I really wasn't worried because healthy and happy and rosy and eating and doing very well. Yeah just exactly just yeah. just just peeing a little extra and I thought okay it's june it's hot out um but you know long story short she peed in the cup and the doctor walked in and she sent us to the emergency room and it was like a it was like a kind of like a moment like a like a like like her lips were moving but i just you know i you know i it was it, it was a very bizarre
0: it's like out of moment. a movie right like everything just yes. sort of goes blank and you hear kind of a deafening ringing in your ears and nothing's quite getting through to your brain and yeah you're thinking I just thought she had to pee that's weird and now now there's this much larger thing I I hope you understand that even though you didn't say it uh, Deborah, you've already named this episode because I'm pretty close to going with
2: I'm pretty close to going with
0: she was off to take a wizard
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. It. As you were saying it,
0: like there was a five-year-old little boy inside of me trying not to giggle through oh. what you were talking. I was like, oh my gosh, She oh. had to go whiz during The Wizard of Oz. Why are we oh. not all laughing together? That's
1: <laughs> beautiful. I love it. I love it. No, that's that's so that's so great. That's so great. I
0: love it. So it, it knocks you over, I, I imagine. Did you did you call your husband right away? Did you just go to the ER? I,
1: I, yeah, no, I did. I did. We were admitted for the next four days, and it's like we had to learn a whole new language. Um, I actually handled it very well initially. Um, you know, I, I, my husband was, he, he, you know, he, it was harder for him. Okay. Um, I feel like for me, it came later, like three months or t- even two months later, that's when it kind of hit me. And I'm like, wow, this is hard. Yeah. This is, this is really overwhelming. Um, because I, you know, I had mentioned my son has autism and that, that, that's, that's been, that's been to me, they're, they're both very difficult just in different ways. You know, I'm such a connector. What what makes life worth living to me is the connections that, that you make with people yeah. and, you know, meaningful connections. And so it, it's a little harder to connect with my son, even though he's, you know, considered highly functioning. He's very verbal. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, he's, you would love him. He's very, um, very quirky. He has, he's obsessed with air conditioners, drains, vents, garbage disposals, but it's hard to connect with him like emotionally you know he's um and so that's that's that that's been very hard for me. um but in the same breath he's also my greatest teacher and so is juliet and so is my dad um and it sounds so cliche-ish but th- there really are silver linings in, 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 you know to every cloud there um it, it sounds like it sounds very cliche-ish but i i, I do think that there's there's beauty in pain
0: it's not. I don't think it's cliched at all to to think that more difficult existences open up perspective on things that people who don't run into those problems, you know, don't they don't get to see those things. And, right. and there's little moments and teachable ideas and things that kind of hit you, like, wow, I can't believe I didn't notice this about the world before. And uh, it does open up. You know, one side gets doesn't get closed off. It gets maybe. Slowed down, or it's not exactly what you want it to be. It's almost like you know your TV with not the brightness all the way up, and but then all this other stuff opens up, and if you allow them all to blend together, you end up with more than you would have had.
1: You're so right, and I think if someone were to say to me, you know, 15 years ago, before I was married and had kids, if they they're going to say you're going to have a father with Alzheimer's, son with autism, a daughter with type one, I, I probably you know would not have had children. I probably would have taken a different path, but I'm so glad I did. Yeah. I'm so glad I did. I did ha- you know, like, I didn't know, like, cause life is, is I, I'm it's, it's, it's richer and it's more meaningful. You know, like I'm, I'm glad that no one told me that because it, it really is, is richer. Yeah.
0: Again, perspective, the you back then wouldn't have known what the you now knows and you would have made the best decision you could have at the moment. It would have in your, you know, in your retrospective look, it would have been wrong, you know? Right. I get right. you. And at the same time, I would tell you that I thought we were probably going to have three kids until Arden was diagnosed, and it slowed us down. You, you, you know, like yeah. it was hard to, in those, you know, initial years, it was, um, you know, it was so overwhelming. I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have anywhere to go to find out about all the things that were going wrong. We just, they'd go wrong over and over and over again. And, you just beat your head against the wall trying to figure out how to fix it, and the tech yes. the technology was terrible then. And I'm mean, not terrible, yes. but it was a meter and like you know needles. So you were just like, I "Hey, know. let's see what we can um, do here with this." <laughs>
1: yeah. I know, and I and I know that you hear this all the time, um, but I, I do want to thank you because you're you're really doing something wonderful for the community. You know, you're really making type one not as scary, and you know you you have found the method, and you have well you you have found ways technology. You're you're, you're you're you know really paving the way to make this more manageable and and just you know uh so i you know i i really appreciate what you're what you're doing i know you hear this a lot but well, it, it's, it's very kind you you know, you're, you're you're making a difference you know Thank you, you really are
0: i can't <laughs> tell you that um hearing it over and over again it, it doesn't get old and i don't mean from my perspective i i mean because you know, I was, you, you caught me on a day where I was doing sort of paperwork this morning and I'm you know, corresponding with different people. And one of them is the initial person who, at Omnipod, who heard my pitch about, you know, this is what I want to do with this podcast and, but I need you, right. to, I need you to support it before it has any listeners. And, and, you know, I need you to put ads on it when I can't promise you anybody's going to hear them, but here's what I want to do and here's what I think it can do. And I was commiserating, uh, with her because we were, I had shared a note from one of you guys with her. And I told her, I was like, look, this is, you did this as much as anyone else, you know, like you're the one who after I had made that pitch to every person at every pharma company I'd ever bumped into. And if that person lost their job and somebody else got hired, I'd find that person and pitch them again. Over and over oh. and over again. The, the person, yeah. you know, the person at Omnipod that heard me was the third person in a decade to hold that job, and they finally heard me. And I was like, "Here's what I think I can do with this podcast," and and that it worked is amazing. But as I was writing her the note, and I I, I told her how many people downloaded the podcast in the first twelve months of the show, and then I shared with her that in the month we're in now, four times as many people have da- have downloaded the show this month, as did the first year.
1: Wow, that's
0: incredible. And I was like, I I think we're on like a precipice here. Like, I think we can blow this up to the point where this doesn't just reach, you know, the people who listen to podcasts and those people that they talk to. Like, I think I could make this bigger. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm really excited. I really am. I think the next couple of years.
1: I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, not at all. I (laughs)
0: believe in the next couple of years, I can get this to the point where people have access to it if they want it earlier on in their diagnosis and yeah. really try to shorten the, the painful part.
1: That's, that's incredible. And it, it you know, it takes a village and it, it's amazing when you have a group of people that come together for a cause. I've seen it. I, I'm living it. You know, I really believe in, in the, in the power of our intentions and our thoughts. So that's, that's, that's really beautiful.
0: of surveyed Omnipod users agree that the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump makes living with diabetes easier. I have not been surveyed, but add me to that list. Make it 88% of users and 100% of Scott. But you're going to want to know why I say that. Well, it all starts with the company, right? It's a well-run company, so my customer service experiences are good. I get product when I need it. It's not a problem. And then from there, we're talking about putting the pump on, filling it, inserting it. It's easy. It's quick, really quick. Like I can pit stop a pod in like a minute and a half middle of the night. It's easy. Fill the syringe, fill the pod, stick it on, push a button, self-insert done. From there, bolusing, temp basils, everything you do with your insulin pump is simple. Nice user interface on the PDM screen. Easy. I don't have to carry around anything with me, right? My daughter's not strapped to an insulin pump at the end of, my daughter's not strapped to an insulin pump at the end of a bunch of tubing. That is easy. I can swim with it. I don't have to take it off to take a shower or a bath. Easy, easy, easy. And then when it's time to change it again, we're back where we started. Add an easy fill and insertion process. Those 88% were 100% right. The only thing left for you to do is find out if I'm telling the truth. And that's easy to do because Omnipod offers a free, no obligation demo. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice fill in the tiniest bit of information and Omnipod will send a demo pod right to your house. Deborah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm watching it now while you and I record this. More people will download the podcast than downloaded it in the first month it was out. And that's, that's incredible. Just so cool. And the notes I got a note this morning on facebook i I now have a uh, I have a force field around my emotions when I read your notes because <laughs> I just I can't cry mm-hmm. all the time all day long. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So I just right. I just read right. I'm like that's really cool. I, I make sure to remember that this is a a really new and positive experience for the person who's writing it. And, right. and I try right. so hard not to just be blasé when I like. I don't want to just be like, "Hey, good job, you're done. Good, you know, keep going. Yeah, you know, right. keep using the tools. It's going to work because it's the truth. Just keep going. Right. You'll be fine." But no, but and that, that's an very hard.
1: One. It takes a very special person to like. I'm not on, not on any media. I was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have mixed emotions. You know, I I see how credible it could be. It's just um, I I I just get I get very like overwhelmed. Like like you said, I I you know. You want to respond, heart. You know, you want to put your heart into your responses. You don't want it to be just, you know. But you can't possibly. And you have hundreds of thousands of people, you know, writing to. You you know, um, it's it's very hard to find that balance. I guess it,
0: it's di- it's difficult to like if you're if you're driving. I don't know if you're taking a trip in your car, right. and uh, you have a rope. And you can pull people out of holes, but every quarter of a mile, someone's in a hole. There at some point, there's one person who you drive by and you go, you know what, I'll call nine one one for that one. Because right, I can't right. if I stop for each one of you, I'll never get to the end.
1: Oh, absolutely. But I'm starting absolutely. to
0: think that maybe I'm not supposed to get to the end. Maybe maybe I'm supposed to stop at every person. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: maybe that's, maybe that's yeah. the destination. Maybe it's the trip. Mm. You know what I mean? So as long as I'm growing.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, I have a magnet on my fridge. says it's, it's not about the designation. It's the journey, you know, to get there. Yeah. So that's, that's really, wow. That's nice. Yeah. I Cause I, so. I really think every person we meet and every experience we have, whether it's quote unquote positive or negative is, is, is the teacher, you know, like I, I spent many years, like even in, in college, I took this comparative religion class, which was fascinating in philosophy. I ended up studying psychology, but, um, I, I found that, I, you know, I was searching for, like, a guru, you know, and after being faced with all these struggles, I kind of realized life is is the guru, like, every, you know, autism is my teacher, diabetes is my teacher, Alzheimer's, like, life is our guru, life is the teacher, every person, every experience, every, you know,
2: yeah.
1: Um. And, and then there's days where you just don't want to do it, there's days where you just, you just want to, you know, you just, you just get depressed and like, all right, I, I break, I, you know, and that's, that's fine too.
0: Yeah. You're just trying to live your life. Well, you don't, every day, yeah. does, every day doesn't need to be a learning experience. Uh, <laughs> right. And, right. And, and, exactly. And yeah. that's really what you're talking about really is the goal of the podcast is to get the, the tools and the ideas. So, um, just, uh, commonplace in your life right so that something happens and you just do a thing you don't have to sit around for 15 minutes like staring at the wall thinking like what do i do about this blood sugar you you want to get to the point where you look at that data you see the experience that's happening around you with the food or what's going on and you just go oh you know what this is a temp basal increase i have to do it right here and you trust it and you do it and it works and the tools work you know what i mean like when you see a nail that needs to be hammered in if you've got a tool- yes. a toolbox in front of you and you don't know to pick up the hammer, you could make yourself crazy wondering like is it the pliers? that does it? Is it the screwdriver? like what am I going to do? But when you can just look down, see nail, grab hammer, bang, 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 it's done, and never think about it. that's where I'm trying to get everybody with a diabetes
1: yes and you and you and you're doing it but through very, shared very experiences very nice. and your own experience you know these podcasts do pave the way to an, an easier uh transition and experience and you know so i i mean i'm always sharing uh sharing you diagnosed i actually shared you in Wegmans the other day with a woman who had her daughter has diabetes for five years and she got very very low and then she ate all this like a whole bunch of candy and then she's like oh now she's going to be 300 i'm like oh why don't you just get a 10 basil she's like well wh- what is that i'm like oh i'm like well first of all um have you ever listened to the you know scott's <laughs> podcast then no and and now, now she's obsessed. Now she's been listening. She's like, this is amazing. Uh, and, um, so yeah, no, it's,
0: Debra, it's, it's wonderful. Deborah, I've yeah. had you on with the intention of telling other people how to be happy, not how to, not to make me yeah. happy, but okay, uh, it's okay, going yeah. well though. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I grew six inches since you and I started talking. Oh, I'm my now God. six God.
1: Well, it's, it's funny. My, my employer, you know, cause I do, I, I see the beauty in people and I like to share that. But my employer the other day, she's like, babe, I'm a six you're making me out to be a 10. I'm a, I'm a six. So I know I, I do have to kind of like, I know I'm a little, like, I, I definitely, I love to spread love and, you know, and, and see, you know, share with people that the good, but sometimes it's a little, it's not <laughs> too much.
0: It's not too much. Trust me. It's not too much. It's just, at some point, someone's going to be listening and be like, listen, he's probably a bad person in other parts of life. Like, let's let it go. Oh,
1: and, we and, all are, and, right? We're all, yeah. we have our shadows, Right. We're-
0: I have my moments, but I, I feel like I hit the main the main ones pretty well. Um,
1: yes, yes.
0: But anyway, so I wanted. T- so I don't know anything about autism. Okay, so I'm assuming okay. I'm assuming yes. your son was diagnosed before your daughter.
1: Yes, I had studied psychology at Rutgers, and I actually coincidentally worked at um, it's called it's like the Douglas School for Autism, mm-hmm. and it's um, just very bizarre that I, I interned there, and ten years later I was touring the school for my son. Um, I married an engineer, my husband's an engineer and at two and a half, my son was doing a lot of sort of these engineering, like he was, he is almost like he was afraid of, of other children, his age, he, he would, he, you know, whenever we went to a birthday party, he would head under my, uh, like my arm and and he wanted to look at the air condition, wanted to see the way that they worked. And he wanted to look at the garbage disposal. So when I, you know, I had some concerns but he was talking, so that kinda threw me off. And of course, you know, I I I also the idea of autism at the time was just it was very upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um but as time went on became more apparent behaviors and just you know, just that that he was he was that he thought felt differently. And so um I'll never forget that we went to the developmental pediatrician and she you know, again, just like Juliet, you know she murmured the words, you know, your son has autism. And it's like everything. It was like a movie screen. Yeah. Um, it, was like, it was like I was wit- you know, witnessing a movie. Um, you know, and it, it I, I felt like her words were very painful and almost too much to bear. But behi- like, uh, behind the movie was like a piece. And in every event in my life, whenever there's something really tragic that's almost too much to bear, there's also like a piece behind the tragedy, that makes sense. So it's like I'm witnessing this movie, but I'm in the background, and I'm like, "Hey, it's gonna be okay, you know." And I, so I, I, we got the diagnosis, um, and then six months later, we got the diagnosis that my father had Alzheimer's. Um, Again, same thing. It was like as if I was witnessing, you know, this, this terrible horror movie, but in the background, I'm like, "It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right." Um, it's not to say that I didn't you know, go through depressions through the years, you know, or I didn't go through moments or days, weeks of feeling pretty awful. Cause I, I did, but, um, what I have found is that there's, there like, even with, so with my dad, he, he so my mom and dad got divorced when I was like the nicest divorce ever, like as far as divorces go and he had a, a long term uh he was with this woman uh for about 25 years and and when they parted ways that's when i started really seeing the the deficits you know i would go to visit him and um one time you know i heard the shower on and i said that is the the shower on and he looked confused and i went upstairs and his the whole bathroom was like flooded and then um you know a, a few weeks later i i went to visit him and and I smelled something burning and he had left the remote control by the stove. So I said, dad, what's, what's going on? What, you know, you left the remote control. And then, then he had gotten, so the, the icing, you know, after, so then he got into uh, two car accidents. Thank God they were just fender benders. That's when my aunt and I got involved. I'm an only child. And we took him, we have, um, we have a, um. oh my God, why is the name escaping me? It's the, uh, a, uh, not a neuro, Doctor, um,
0: neurologist.
1: Neurologist. Yes. We. So my aunt, my my aunt, her husband's brother is a neurologist, and we went to two neurologists. Did brain scans and a whole bunch of testing, and they they said that he has you know he has Alzheimer's. Um. So my dad was a, a very smart man. He had a master's in quantitative analysis. I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> he owned his own CPA firm for thirty years. Very. He was a mediator. He was a a really smart, intelligent, you know, good-hearted man, you know, a good, a great listener, but he, he, you know, he was, he was busy a lot when I was growing up. He was, mm-hmm. he was always at the office. And so when he got sick, he sort of needed me more. And, you know, growing up, he was my hero. Every, every little girl, like their daddies are usually their heroes. And then when I turned like 18, 19, I'm like, but you know, I, I, I went through a little bit of a, rebelli- a rebellious stage where I felt a little angry with him. But then when I became a parent myself, I realized, shit, you know, this is hard. Right. Sometimes it's easier to be like at work, you know, like this is really hard stuff. Parenting, you know, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So, you know, becoming a parent made me grow in compassion. And, and he did a lot of good for a lot of people. So I feel like his timers really bridged the gap between us. And, it, you know, we got, we got very close. And it slowed him down. And I remember this one moment we're walking through this garden because he had he had to go into um, an assisted living facility, um, which is right by my house. And I visit him every day. But day. We're go- going through this garden. And I said to my dad, you know, what's the greatest thing you've ever done, dad? He's, you know, he's traveled a lot. He's met a lot of interesting people. And, you know, and, and again, when I was younger, I didn't always feel like a priority. And he turned to me and he said, you, and that was like a really beautiful moment that, um, that I just, you know, hold in my heart and the, his, this disease, it's a, it's, it's sort of like a slow goodbye.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and you know, now he's, he's, you know, completely in a wheelchair, he's in diapers, he needs to be fed, you know, I'm again I'm there every day. My mom is there. <laughs> my mom's remarried and her husband goes with her. I mean, it's such so beautiful like it's so amazing, like how amazing my mom is too and and her husband. But um you no, know, it's it's been sort of like this like slow goodbye. Um it's it's yeah, brought it, you. this is this, yeah, okay, oh, sa- I'm it, sorry.
0: No, no, don't be sorry. It sounds like yeah. it brought you to a place that wouldn't have happened without the Alzheimer's. It just, yeah, like, yeah, like maybe Places. he never gets to tell you that, and you don't get to be around him enough to see the other parts of him, and um. yeah,
1: like it, it brought us closer in in ways. It really, like, like this is the closest I've ever felt. Yeah. So, you know? and, and and in tragedy, there's there's also, and in sadness, there's also humor. So th- this is this is kind of funny, but after he got the diagnosis of Alzheimer's, you know, my aunt and my, and his best friend were like, we have to take the, the car keys away. You know, this is, we we can't have him driving, you yeah. know, around like this. And that was really, really hard trying to do that. So this is, this is kind of silly. So we're, we're, for weeks, we're like trying, we're talking to him. We're trying to meditate the best way to to, you know, take the car keys. My husband's car broke. So we had to borrow his car for a few weeks,
0: and then he just forgot um, that you had it.
1: Well, no, oh, what ended okay. up happening? Well, this is I guess <laughs> even funnier. So I work in the city part time. I I took his car into the city with me. I actually parked in the garage, and after work, um, it was it was late, you know, so I didn't have to worry about parking. Park after like five or six o'clock, you could park wherever. Mm-hmm. And so I had met up with my cousin at a restaurant, and I actually parked. I actually sat at the window right in front of where the car was, and we had just ordered. And we're about to drink our tea. And all of a sudden I hear, boom, I look up, I look out the window. My father's car is like standing straight up in the air. And again, a movie moment. I'm just like, like, it, it just seems so unbelievable to me. My cousin is, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like very detached. Like, I can't believe my dad, my dad's car is total, right. you know, and my cousin is, he's you know, kind of very emotional. She's like, did you see what just happened? Oh my God, you know. And I walk outside. Some guy ran a stop sign, bashed into my dad's car, and his car was fine. My dad's car was totaled. And that's how we got the car away. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we got a check from the insurance company for the car.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. It really I did know. all work out. And the guy, didn't, it really the guy did. didn't get hurt, didn't have any damage. Everybody,
1: no one was hurt. The guy, his car had like a little scratch or, you know, like, yeah. like a little something to the bumper. Everybody was fine. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, insane. life is sometimes it. just Ah,
0: well, you know what you said a second ago that made me think, and I could be so far off on this and I obviously don't have any firsthand knowledge, but you, you referred to this part of your dad's life as a, as a slow goodbye. And it made me wonder if maybe with your son, with the autism, if it's not just the, instead of it being difficult to connect with him. I wonder if it's just a more slow connection. Like, I wonder if it's more of a slow hello. It's know? so
1: funny you're saying that, and you yeah. are so right on. I just got the goosebumps. So I always say my dad is, yes, it's like he's progressing into this other world. You know, he's he's leaving us. Yeah. And my son is slowly coming in, yeah. taking him, you know, much longer. But he is, I mean, he's he's amazing, you know, my son. He is definitely, that's another thing. I resisted this for many years. Like I, I, I wanted peace and I wanted to, I wanted it to be easier and I wanted harmony and, you know, and I resisted challenges. I didn't want to deal with them mm. until one day I just, I couldn't, you know, I, I broke like he, his behaviors were were just so challenging. I just broke and I put my hands up to the sky, bathroom floor at 3 a.m., crying out to I don't even know who just someone you know whatever you want to call it you know and I I really was sort of desperate and and vulnerable and open and out of control and it was in that moment that I just you know I just got the sense that my son is the path to enlightenment like don't 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 resist this like face him and open yourself up and he's that he's your teacher yeah you know he's he's the teacher
0: um well it's almost like it's almost like the autism slows down time for him. So like things that he's getting to, he's just getting to slower and and there'll be things he probably won't get to, but because his growth will take more time, but in that, and it's hard for us when we're moving as fast as we are to want to slow down. But you described that you only got to connect with your father because he slowed down, Yeah. you know? So, so there's, it just, it's, These two things are, they're incongruous, right? You can't like, you can't figure out diabetes while things are happening in full speed. I think that's one of the reasons that the podcast helps is because you can listen to it while you're doing something else. So what it does is it makes more time because, because I always allude to it and I say it just sort of in flippant ways, like, you know, you know, this is all happening, but you have to go to work or take care of a different child or cut your lawn. There's other things happening. But if you okay. could really stop and step back far enough, you could see this diabetes thing and make sense of it. And really, you know, I tell people a lot. We talked about a person from Omnipod earlier that supported the podcast before any, before they had any reason to. The other person, if you want to thank anybody for the show ever, it's my wife. Who, oh. who, 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 who you'll probably oh. never hear from, but who allows oh. this time for me, like to be a stay—I was a stay-at-home dad, right? So I got to pull oh. back farther from the from the diabetes and take a bigger view of it, and then I got yeah. to like very slowly put together pieces, and then the pieces became uh, ideas. Those ideas became methods, and then I was able to start over about how to tell people about them. I started writing about them. I didn't find that to be as quick as I wanted it to be. So I went into the podcast and even some of the episodes, like it, it's me still learning how to talk to you about the things that my wife allowed me time to figure out. Right. And so that's yes. how all this exists, whether, whether you want to see it that way or not, I'm a hundred percent positive. It is.
1: Oh yes. And I actually met her and your daughter when you talk at St. Peter's and oh, that's right, both so beautiful. Oh. And I also want to take this opportunity to, to thank my husband too, because he is an incredible man. Um, and I, you know, it's sad that sometimes in a marriage, you don't always, you know, sometimes you don't always appreciate each other. Um, but I more than ever now, I really do. He's, uh, he's an incredible husband and father and so devoted, so hardworking, and I'm very lucky. Oh, also.
0: To have him as a partner. Those people. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what he's doing for you is he's he's making space. He's making time. And that time you're dedicating to slowing down so that you can be with your son as he's growing, right? Like we all, isn't it funny? We all complain all the time when we have kids. I just blinked and it went by so fast. And that's not happening to you. It probably no. feels like it's taking longer, but you don't have that feeling of like, wow, I missed everything. You Things are happening so methodically that you really do get to experience every one of them and I guess you're finding at some points in the beginning you weren't wired to be working at that speed maybe
1: you know i i i am taking those moments and and be, life has you know because of what i'm being faced with i do have to slow down but i it's just it's it's kind of a crazy culture you know that we live in with, with our phones and we're always beeping and sometimes I really do miss, I miss the eighties. <laughs> I miss like, you know, I, I miss like when it was a little simpler, but I mean, this is great too. Um, but it, it's a very fast paced culture that we live in. But I, I will say that, yes, I think I have, you know, I, I think I have more moments uh, of being present, which, which most of us are, we're, most of us are either living in the past or the future, you know, and most of us are not really in in the moment
0: i know a way to live in the future and in the moment it's with dexcom that's right the dexcom g6 continuous glucose monitor makes you feel like you're flying in a spaceship a spaceship made out of diabetes technology because it's so like out of this world but you don't have to leave earth to find it you really just have to go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. i mean way easier than flying into space or jumping into a time machine like that kind of stuff, which is a lot of that doesn't exist for real. But what I'm saying is, if you want to feel like you're living in the future today, Dexcom's the way to go. What are you going to find when you get to that Dexcom.com forward slash juice URL? Well, let me tell you. You're going to see the continuous glucose monitor that is at the top of its game. You are going to find the ability to see your blood sugar, not just what it is, not just, hey, my blood sugar is 140 but is this 140 rising or falling? And if it is, how fast is that happening? All that information at a glance. This information that you can also get on your Android or Apple phone. And if the person with diabetes in your life happens to be a loved one and not yourself, you can see that information on your phone. Amazing, right? Like your kid could be anywhere. and You could see their blood sugar. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. It's time to come to your future, which is technology's present, and get yourself a present. Isn't the English language amazing? There's so many words that sound the same, and many of them are spelled the same, but they mean different things. But no matter how you say or spell Dexcom, it means comfort, quality, better way of life. The show's about to start up again, but before it does. Dancingfordiabetes.com. Dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. You will not be sorry. Dancing, you know how to spell it, D-A-N-C-I-N-G. Four is the digit four, and then diabetes, D-I-A-B-E-T-E is, D-I-A-B-E-T-E-S. then dot is the period, and com, C-O-M. It sounds to me like you're doing an amazing job, because there's you obviously are being inundated in three completely different ways on three separate fronts, right? Like the diabetes feels dire and it feels immediate and the autism is taking forever and is frustrating and your father's, you know, is, is, is slow, 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 slow. It's just, it's very, not a lot of people have to bounce between such varying ideas in one day, but you're doing it.
1: I'm I'm trying. Trying. Um, you know, I it I, I think it does take that village, um, which I've, you know, sort of created. Uh, my mom my mom has listened to every episode of your show. Mm-hmm. Um she takes notes and she sends them to me. I haven't listened to every episode, but I would like to, you know. Um I'm I'm am i I'm listening to your show and then also when I 'cause I have a long ride into the city, I listen to like podcasts on just trying to stay balanced and peaceful and, and that sort of thing. But I also, you know, I, I do listen to your show, um, but my mom is always sending me notes, you know, from, from the show and just, um, you know, and I have just some wonderful people that I'm surrounded by. And it really does take a village, I think, to, um, to raise a family, to, to, to build a, a an amazing movement, you know, um just, if everybody, if everybody, just kind of contributes a small piece of goodness to the higher good, we, you know, it's it really does make a difference.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I met your mom in the lobby outside of the. You room. did, not, yes, We right? You did. That's Her so name is, cool. Well, As you're talking <laughs> now, I remember. I'm, I'm remembering more and more. It's so. I, I, I hope you're not insulted. Like until no, you, until you never, said we met never. at the hospital, I didn't know. I'm, I'm sorry, but
1: no, not, amazing. not insulted at
0: all. That's absolutely cool. not. You know, I'm gonna go back. They contacted me and I, 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 picked a date and I'm going to go back, uh, in about six months.
1: I know. I heard, and, and I it heard again. about,
0: yeah. Had a very nice time. I think
1: that was January.
0: Yeah. I yeah. had a very nice time and it was just a, I I, I don't think I would have known the complete impact because there was a, a there's a fair amount of people there, yeah. but one family in particular has kept in touch with me through social media. I, I
1: know exactly which family.
0: Yeah. And I'm, so it's <laughs> yeah. great to see they came along so far in six months. It's really cool.
1: Oh, I told him he should like do a class I, I i told I told him he should do a class because he he's got it yeah he's he, he's he you like yeah he 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 has exactly what, what he you have it i'm out. not yeah he did i um I'm not exactly where you know where you are, but that's okay we're gonna you know we're, we're good like we're gonna, we'll get there
0: we're all not going to be in the same place at the same time
1: exactly right
0: it just it's just it's to me it's comforting to know that that a better place exists and that yes. you can keep moving towards it. You, you yeah. And, and if you're seeing, you know, like you, like we just said, like sometimes you see improvement improvement. Sometimes you see these lulls where nothing, right. nothing seems to get better. And those are the times you just have to sort of reinvest in what you're doing and, and say to yourself, I'm probably spread too thin in this moment. I'm not paying enough attention in one place.
1: Uh, yeah. And, and, and you need a break. And and like you said, during the lecture, like there's always that one parent that, you know, taking on this a little bit, a, you know, a little more than the other, not, not, there's no one, no one's fault. You know, you need a break. You need, you need to just get a break from it, remove your, you know, like go out with the other child for a weekend or just sleep, you know, just get some sleep. And so, you know, I completely, you know, I couldn't agree with you more.
0: I have a couple of questions. So you said that you thought your husband handled the autism better than the diabetes. Yes. Why do you think yes. that was?
1: the autism was harder for me, easier for him. The diet. Yeah. I don't know. Um,
0: just how it felt. Mm, you think just,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, that's how, that's how it, it I, them. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, um, like we, you know, we had already had one child with special needs and then to have a second, it was like, it just, it hit him Seems harder
2: unfair. yeah. At, at, at first. yeah. And
1: at first I'm like, we, we got this honey. It was almost, I look back and I'm like, God, that was annoying. Like I look back at myself, you know, like it did hit me, it did hit me like probably two or three months after the hospital. Um, It it was, there was a a period of like depression, sadness, followed by, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to get this. It
0: It felt to me when you were talking that you went into survival mode first. And then after things leveled out, then you took time to be upset about it. And yes, right. And yes.
1: And I think maybe seeing my husband break down, like, I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to be the wrong one right now. Like, there's I've only gotta, two you know, of us and he's yes.
0: crying. So <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Oh, well, listen, yeah. it's a little like a foxhole, right? If uh, if yes. the guy next to you is, it can't stand up and shoot, it's on you or, you know, you're going to get overrun.
1: Exactly. You, you just, <laughs> you,
0: you really, it, it's, it's very nice that you had somebody else. And it also opens a window into how a single parent situation Really, oh. you guys really need to lock down a friend or a family member to be oh, like that other God. person for you, right? That, that's
1: heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Because when you're crying in the foxhole, you need somebody else to stand up and shoot and it can't be, it can't be the kids. You, you know, it, it needs to be, it needs to be somebody else that's got your back for five seconds. You said something earlier that made me think about, you said about just how hard parenting is in general. You didn't realize till you had your own kids. Oh, God. I thought Nothing. one of the, <laughs> one of the things that I have found to be, that I'm the most proud of because it is so difficult to do is, you know, when you stand in judgment of your, your children, your children stand in judgment of you for a second and you recognize that they're right about their assessment of you and yes. that you have like screwed something up or failed somewhere or not done really what you could have done. Learning, yes. learning that you have to stand there and feel it and then process acknowledge it, it. Yeah, acknowledge it, not be upset, not lash back out. Like all that stuff, that's an incredible. Like you say, you learn from your kids. That's an amazing mirror, right? Because they hold that mirror up to you, and you're like, "Oh, damn, they're right." You, you know, and and I've I I can look back into my own childhood at the moments where I did that to my parents, and they, of course, just you know shoved the back twice as hard and stopped me from talking. But I didn't. I don't. You know. it it was my first inclination as a younger parent, it was my wife that said to me, like, you have to let them talk like they're making sense. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I, you know, at first I was like, she's just going to use these kids to fix me. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, but no, but seriously, it's, it's one of the most difficult things to do besides seeing your kids struggle or be in pain and not be able to help listening to them tell you, Hey, you know, here's my assessment of something I just saw you do. And in all honesty, this doesn't, jive with how you've told me to live life. So you're going to have to adjust this or you're a hypocrite. And, and to sit there and think, wow, they're right. And then to make that adjustments very hard, very, very it's,
1: hard. It, it is hard. And it, it's so humbling. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. times where I've, I've kind of lost it you know, and then not, not lost it, but, you know, I've, I have a lot, I think I have a lot of self-control. I, I very, I really don't get angry very often. Um, I do. With, the, with my kids. I definitely, but, um, but it, I think it's important to, to, like you said, you know, when your kids call you out to say, what, I'm sorry, mommy, mommy made a mistake. Mommy shouldn't have, you know, reacted that way. And I'm human too. We all make mistakes, you know? Um, so I definitely, you know, I have no problem saying I'm sorry or acknowledging. Um,
0: it, it's well. a, it was most difficult for me because my father yelled, he yelled, that's how my dad would control a situation. He'd just be louder than everybody else.
1: Right. A lot of, a lot of parents did. And when
0: I was younger, like I fell into that quite easily, you you, you know, and it didn't happen as much because the kids were so easy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there wasn't a lot of opportunity for it, but when it came, it was my default. I was like, Oh, I will just be louder than everybody else and shut this down.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Of course. No, we, we, we go with what we know and what we are experienced. Right. Right.
0: I have not broken all the bad circles in my life, but I'm really close on that one. And I, I feel, very, <laughs> I feel very proud about it. So
1: no, that's, that's, you're better than me. Cause I have yelled I, and I don't like doing, I don't like to, I don't like to you know, with the kids. I really it doesn't, you know, in the moment it, it, it doesn't happen a lot. But in the moment it, 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 it'll feel good. And then like a, a seconds later, I'm like, oh, God. you know, like, you know, but it's just like when they're not listening. So yeah. my, um, my, my dad he didn't yell. He gave, he just gave me the book.
2: Go, Deborah. <laughs> he would
1: go one, two. Never made it to three. And then my mom, so you know, who I sort of take after more in terms of like my parenting. She was very soft, and easygoing, and but but a real nurturer. Mm-hmm. Such a you know, but also a little bit of a warrior, But just so so loving and so nurturing. And um, and that's sort of where you know. And so I think you know a lot of it. Some of it is my fault because I, I, they are very spirited my kids and. Um, you know, when you're strict, they don't really take advantage. Softer sometimes, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, the strictness, the strictness inhibits them though. And what I, what I've really found about myself is that when it's, you, you mentioned like yelling when they're not listening, like my kids listen, they're not like that. It's for me, it's when, not that, not that they listen constantly or that you don't. but, but I'm, what I'm saying is for me, it strikes when, when they're looking at me and they're saying, "Hey, look, you just did this thing," and that's not like there's what I've learned to do is just instead of trying to stop them, right. I just acknowledge them and I let my ego go and I say, "Look, I need you to understand. In this moment, I can't take any criticism. Like I just don't. I'm tired, or I'm I'm just this day's been too much. And as you're right, but I can't stand here and do this with you right now because I just don't have it in me today. So, so." You're not wrong. I'm not trying to stop you. I'm just telling you, if you have any compassion for me, you gotta let me off the hook right now. You, you know I get I mean? it. Yeah. I
1: totally get it. And that's, that is so important. I think to, you know, uh, to, to try to put our egos aside and, you know, cause I feel like we don't, so many things can just be, you know, um, I, I feel like a lot of us don't know how to communicate. And through my son, you know, cause he has such difficulty communicating, um, like even at work you know, whenever we have a really difficult client, they say, call Debbie. And my one, my one coworker, you know, she said, this woman is like borderline abusive. She's terrible. And and I, and I ended up spending some time with her. I said, that's nothing (laughs) like, you know, like, you know, some people just don't know how to, you know, for whatever the reason is, maybe they're on the spectrum, maybe they, you know, whatever there's, there's, you know, whatever the reason is, they just don't always know how to effectively communicate. And I think it's important not to take that personal and, and, you know, um sometimes we have to put ourselves on the line a little bit and 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 uh be a little vulnerable to open them up if that makes sense. It's funny know? that
0: you say this my wife and I had this conversation yesterday off and I don't know how this happened but I was saying to her I was like you know now with you know how much how my, how we see people on the spectrum or autistic or or anything like that and how well they're being helped and and people are helping them integrate into like a, a like a life. You know what I mean? Like yes. a world where yes. a couple of decades ago you would have just institutionalized somebody. Yes. Right? And yes. now that doesn't exactly. happen anymore. I'm like, now there's this like these people exist in the world now, and I'm so interesting to watch how that's working. You, you know, you know, like oh, it's I know. It's really something. Here's how the conversation started since we're talking about it. I was driving down the street. And I saw this girl who I, you know, for the, I don't know the right way to say this, but she was clearly autistic, right? right? But she was, you you
1: know, you could, right.
0: But, but gorgeous, like a model. Right. And I thought, I thought like, this girl's not going to like, some guy's going to be like, yo, what's up? And and like, and like, uh, what happens next? Do do you know what I mean? Like, I, and I would just stood there wondering like all of that. Like, I wonder where that goes and how that works. and.
1: I know. No, I, I, I worry. I, I think about. I mean, I try not to think much about the future, but I, I, you know, I, I of course, I, you know, you do have to think about that and and plan a little bit. Especially through through um, the principles of of ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, which is like one of the only proven methods that has effectively shown to really significantly help those with uh, autism. It's amazing how much. Um, these therapies really can help a lot of these kids to live, uh, you know, a somewhat, I want to say typical, you know, but a, like a, a somewhat typical life. Um, but it is a huge spectrum. I mean, there are there are children that are nonverbal, that are, you know, not uh, potty trained. I mean, the, the kids in his class, they're, they're fascinating. There's one child that's obsessed with the Titanic. Knows everything there is to know about the Titanic. And there's another little boy that if you say, uh, October 30th, 1918, he'll say Tuesday. Like, he know, he has memorized all the calendar. And then there's another little boy who's obsessed with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He knows every, and then, you know, my son loves air conditioners, drains, vents, garbage disposals, you know, like they're like these, they're very quirky and they, 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 they get, um, you know, like they get these like interests and they just are, they're very smart. They're like little savants. Certain areas, but then, you know, struggle socially.
0: In the quarter of a block that I drove past this girl, I wondered about her entire life. Like, do you know, oh, I mean? like I was like, I, oh. like so many different ideas and what could happen. Yeah. Just the idea between, like, what if a, what if a, what if a malicious guy is the first person to approach her? Versus, what if it's just some sweet person who's just like, you know, what you seem like a person I want to know, and and yeah. like, and all the things in between. And I was just, I was. You were I was happy for like that she was going to have all these possibilities cuz you think 30 years ago she wouldn't have been just walking down the street by herself going for a walk right. on a nice day right like her life would have probably been more segmented and 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 yeah. restricted oh, and, and I don't is, know it was just really yeah. okay so all right so listen yeah. so here's the last part we haven't spoken about
2: okay <laughs> it's
0: it's, no. it's you oh we talked about you know little bit about the diabetes, but to me, this conversation is more about being positive in the face of health issues. And so, you know, we learned about your father and his, his, um, his Alzheimer's, your son and his, his autism. Who's taking care of you?
1: Oh, I am. My husband is an incredible support. Uh, and my mom, um, you know, my in-laws, husband's family, um, Yesterday, they, they went to the beach and I stayed back and, you know, my in-laws were all there and, and especially my, my, my brother-in-law, and my sister-in-law there. Um, but I, I have learned that it's not selfish to go get a massage. It's not selfish to ask your spouse, like, Take the- I need a break. I, I just want to sit under a tree and I just don't want to talk, you know, and I, and I have learned to love me you know and because you you kind of have to spend the rest of your life with yourself right so you might as well learn to love yourself and um i love to read like i get a lot of fulfillment and um enjoy from from reading good books or listening to you know inspiring podcasts like yours and uh you know i just really try to nurture um and take care of myself and i and i see a difference when i'm not um i do see a difference when i'm not Carving out a little bit of time for for myself, so i I do think that um it's it's just so important to 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 carve out time for your for yourself
0: yeah no i I think that in many i think if you really look at many families the there are people there are people who t- take on roles, and these people kind of get pulled together naturally, like you don't normally see two like caregiver types married to each other. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, I yes, wish, I wish, know
1: exactly what you. I 100 exactly. percent would tell
0: you. I, I would joke about this, but it, Deborah, if you and I were married, we'd be the two least productive people <laughs> on the planet, right? Like, we'd be just talking about yes. how we felt all the while. We wouldn't yes. have we wouldn't have fifteen dollars into our name, I know, right? I and know. Like, right, and so you it's see, so
1: funny. Well, <laughs> right. yeah, no, I'm I'm more of the caregiver,
0: and I am, um, and he, I am in our situation. Yes, right.
1: He, he's more, but he's he's the he's very committed. So I'm, I'm, I'm always the one I, you know, I, I make the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner, the smoothie, the smoothies, the foot massages. Like I'm always, are you okay? How do you feel? But then I'm also the first one, like if he gets frustrated with me, I'm like, then why are we together? You know, I love you. (laughs) And I'm, I'm, I made a commitment to you and you're my what, you know? So he's the, he's the, he's the, the, you know, he's the, he's very committed (laughs) and devoted. And
0: he's the guy, um, he's going to get up every day and go to work and make sure everything's okay.
1: Incredible. We do this, like this cleanse every every january we do this 21 day cleanse he and i and the first couple of years like i cheated like after the third day he's like did you have a dose and i'm like no you know you know or did you have chocolate um you know he's like i don't i don't get it he's like if you make a commitment you do it you know like what is but he he is so he, like you said he gets up every day i don't think he's ever missed in 17 years that i've you know been married you know been with yeah. him like i don't think he's ever missed a day of work like he is just so and and he but he's comes home and he he's he's so present with the kids and he's just oh he's, so he's got an engineer's committed. mind and,
0: and, and a decency yes. about him on top of that yeah no i i hear you i i, I just what
1: about with you guys
0: well it's same, it's really the same <laughs> kelly's just a bright like hard-working person you know Aww. who i i uh my wife is probably one of the in, in, in the space that she's in, she is probably one of the preeminent people in that like very niche world that she works in. And mm. if you go all the way back to her first job coming out of college, and she got a temp, it was a temp position. Right. So she comes out, they put her in a, in a double cube with a, with a nurse, and uh, it's at a pharma company. And my wife says the first day she sat there, no one talked to her.
2: So she came,
0: but but not just no one talked to her. No one came up to her and went, hi, you work here now. This is your job. She, right. she quite literally just sat there. So the next day, again, nothing. So she turns to the woman in the cube and she says, is anyone ever going to like talk to me or approach me or tell me what I was hired to do? Like, you know, like this, she was like 21 years old, 22 years old and the woman's like, you know, they will eventually, but your attempt, they were probably just filling a position. And, my, and so my wife comes home and tells me this. And I was like, so from my perspective, I'm like, so you just get to sit there and they're going to pay you? And I was like, this is amazing. And my wife said, I can't do that. So right. on, the thir- wow. on the third day, my wife asked the nurse, what are you doing? And the nurse explained it to her. And it was drug safety. It's the, it's the protections of the things you don't see at a pharmaceutical company. The, my, my wife is the person who is standing up for you at, at a pharmaceutical company, right? Wow. And so okay. there are these um, rulings and rules and things from the FDA, massive volumes of them. And my wife went and got them and sat down and read them. And now if you want to know anything about that you come ask oh, my wife in this industry, right?
1: That's Yeah, that's and, incredible. That's my husband. Yes, that's right. That's my husband. She, I'll, I'll just watch a video or ask someone to kind of show it to me. Actually,
0: I would have had not... my feet up on the desk, and if someone came through and said, Scott, what are you doing? I'd be like, I am the luckiest person in the world. I just got a job where I don't have to do anything. I'm just yeah, going to yeah, sit yeah, here too, and get fat too. and then die. Like That's my whole plan, <laughs> so you know? Funny. Right? And, oh, my
2: God. But my, my wife was like, oh.
0: I won't waste this time. Wow. And so... <laughs> That's incredible. That's who she is, (laughs) right? And and it's just very fascinating because you also, because people are like that, you also kind of can't tell them like in the way you want to because they don't feel things in the same way that other people do because they're such like working individuals. Like, right, they really are, they get up, they strap it on and they go to work every day. It's really, it's really something. But if it wasn't for her. It's
1: admirable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This wouldn't exist. Because oh. how would I how would I afford the time to have learned all these things, or the time to figure out how to tell you about them, or the time to actually tell you about them? Y- you know, so if it was same up same as me, if
1: it wasn't for him. Oh please, exactly.
0: Yeah, if I, we, I say all the time, if our roles were reversed, my wife and I would be lucky to live like in a <laughs> shack on the edge of oh. a dirty river. You know what I mean? Like that oh. would be the best I probably could oh. have done.
1: We're we're so we're so blessed that it, we found really out. we found. No, we yeah. found them. It, I really, it's, you know, I think, I think you actually, I think you appreciate marriage even more as you, as you get older and the kids start getting older and you really are faced with some real, you know, but I, but I, I agree with everything you're saying and, and your wife is my husband. <laughs> yeah. oh. and and thank God. Thank God for that. Oh, if right? they were
0: married, they'd be so happy. They'd never talk to each other and they just go to work. <laughs> I know. That's, that's so great, though. No, that's, that's I love it. I love it's it. It's very funny. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for doing this. It was a, absolutely spectacular. I did not know what to expect, um, and uh, it just went exactly, it couldn't have gone any better than I'd hoped. So I really appreciate you oh. being this open and, and sharing this time with everybody.
1: Well, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity and um you know I, uh, I i i appreciate it too and i and I'll, I'll see you soon i'll see you in january
0: i'll be back to uh <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you guys can get a whole new group of people to come in and oh maybe, yeah and maybe some of the originals can come back and we can advance them along a little farther that'd be really
1: well cool. i already I, I already told my you know my in-laws and my mom and i've i've shared i've extended it to God, we might have to get like a big really big room you because i think room. a lot of people yeah we might actually have to I, I think a lot of people are extending it, you know, to, so well, we most, might actually have to get a bigger room for that, but I guess we'll see. Thing, what the,
0: yeah. The most exciting thing that happened after that was that I got word back that the, um, the, like the person who leads the endo department was very pleased with the conversation that I started. And I thought, I thought that was great. Cause I, that's my goal is I, I hope that doctors talk about this more like this, you know?
1: Well, there, there is a doctor, um, part of the group who, um, apparently is, you know, he's, he's been doing this a long time and he's sort of old school. And when that family that you were talking about before got their daughter's A1C down to like, I think like a five point something, mm-hmm. he basically was like, tell me how you did it.
0: That's so cool.
1: <laughs> and, you know, he, he, he told him about your podcast and he, he showed him what he was doing. And, um, cause he's sort of this, this particular doctor, I, he's not my doctor, but I just, what I understand, very nice man, but I think just more old school, but he's now extremely open and advocating for, um, I actually had spoken to him once and I was trying to explain to him that, you know, that we have too much coverage because he was the one on call. He's like, what do you mean? The numbers are fine. They're 75, 80. I'm like, yeah, but they were double hours down from what I, what I understand after that family that both referring to before, you know, after he, his A1, her daughter's, uh, a1c went down so you know to a normal range um he said show me what you're doing and and so now i i understand he's you know very open to this and encouraging of it
0: maybe, and maybe we'll see him then when i come back yes yes exactly i would absolutely love it So
1: well thank you so much enjoy the rest of your day and um you too I, i'll see you soon
0: yep you you go be nostalgic at your alma mater and i'll i'll talk to you later
1: Yes, I will. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Right.
0: thank you. Bye-bye. I believe that Deborah is the first person to record the podcast while wandering around a college campus. Very cool. I just, I again, love this today. It's why I'm getting it right to you. I want to thank Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes for supporting the podcast with their ads. Please consider supporting them back with your patronage. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dancing the number four, diabetes.com, or the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. One last thing. This Friday, another defining diabetes will come out. At the end of it? Hmm, do I want to put it at the end of the defining? Nope. Here's what I'm going to do. Yes, I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do Yes. Here's what I'm going to do. On Friday, Defining Diabetes will come out again. Another short couple-minute episode where Jenny Smith and I define a word or phrase that part of your life with Type 1. I'll also release a quick episode announcing the giveaway, the 1 million download giveaway. That's what I'm going to do so that you guys can go. Does that make sense? It does, right? Guys, sometimes I don't know what to do. Sometimes I'm amazed the podcast is popular at all, or that I have any luck running it. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to release the time. Yeah, right? Yes. All right. This is what I'm going to do for certain now. I've just talked myself into it. This Friday, let me find out what the date is on Friday, because you're getting this on the 30th of July. Friday's the 2nd of August. It's the day before my anniversary. Oh, I should get an anniversary. Oh, Jesus. All right, different problem. For now, for, I'm learning a lot right now. For now, Friday, August 2nd, you're going to get another episode of Defining Diabetes and the announcement for the big giveaway, the one millionth download celebration. Going to be nine billion different ways to enter. They're all going to be incredibly easy. And one winner is going to get the whole thing. Everything. It's not like, Hey, swag bag from Omnipod, swag bag from Dexcom, free myobetic bag, this, 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 like you'll get this and you'll get, no, no, winner gets the whole thing. Winner take all. You understand? Look for the announcement on Friday the 2nd. I'll spend a few minutes talking about what getting to a million downloads has meant to me and what I think it means to the podcast itself and where it's going. And, you know, we'll just talk about it for a little bit. Might get a little weepy or sentimental. It's hard to know what will happen exactly. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. I'll see you on Friday for the announcement and for another Defining Diabetes episode. I hope you guys are having a great summer. If you live, you know, in the hemisphere where it's summer. And for those of you listening in the other one, I hope it's not too cold. How many hemispheres are there? Hemisphere. Uh-oh. Now we're getting into stuff I don't know. You guys want to look it up before I go? Uh, How many hemispheres are there? We are not the first person to wonder this on Google. Four, any circle drawn around the Earth divides it into two equal halves called hemispheres. They, hmm, there are generally considered to be four hemispheres. What does generally considered mean? Is there four and, all right, how can there be like, Okay, generally considered, I don't enjoy that as an explanation. Anyway, northern, southern, eastern, and western. The equator or line of zero degrees, wait, the equator or line of zero degrees latitude divides the Earth into the northern and southern hemispheres. All right. Well, yeah, but what about the other? All right, jeez, now we got to look into this more. All right. The equator or line of zero degrees latitude divides the Earth into the northern and southern hemispheres. The northern hemisphere contains North America, the northern part of South America, Europe, the northern two-thirds of Africa, and most of Asia. The southern hemisphere contains most of South America, one-third of Africa, Australia, Antarctica, and some Asian islands. There are differences in the climates of the, this is how we got to this, of the northern and southern hemispheres because of the Earth's seasonal tilt toward and away from the sun. In the northern hemisphere, the warmer summer months are from June through September. This makes sense because it's July right now and it's warm here. In the southern hemisphere, summer begins in December and ends in March. All right. There's some stuff here about prime meridian. I do not want to get into that. This is going off the rails. I'll see you guys later.